In the kingdom of God, there's a heightened awareness for the need of justice. Remember Abel, right? Through a series of teachings, we established that Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, is the courts of heaven. And so we see in Hebrews 12 from verse 22 to 24 that the blood of Jesus speaks much better things than the blood of Abel. So Abel's blood was also crying out for vengeance. We might say, Abel, oh, that was the Old Testament. That's why she wanted justice. So justice is not a bad thing. Guess what? These ones are saints. They are in heaven. And they still cry for justice. And it doesn't matter if it's their brother that killed them. It doesn't matter what the situation is. They demand for justice. And for us, there is a greater blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, that cries on our behalf, that speaks much better things on our behalf than the blood of Abel. When Abel's blood cried, we see that immediately the Lord came onto the earth and went to Cain and pronounced justice on Cain. And so he placed a mark on Cain. And of course, Cain was crying out, oh, my punishment is too much. But he had cast Cain away from comfort. He made him a wanderer. And Cain wanted a leniency from the Lord. And the Lord said that, okay, anybody that sees Cain will not kill Cain. But I wanted to see the result of justice is that it might not be exactly the way you want it. So you let God, the righteous judge, disperse justice in his own way. You don't try to control how that justice would look like. You allow God, he knows how to release justice in the measure that he, the epitome of justice, can met out to anyone. He is the source of justice. The fullness of justice rests inside of him. He is justice personified. If there's ever been a judge on the earth, if there's ever been justice meted out, the perfection of that justice and the perfection of a judge rests in God. Mm. So when Abel's blood cried out, he brought justice to Cain and Cain was going to be a wanderer. But in Revelations where we see when the souls were crying out to the Lord for justice, what did God say that justice would look like? Valerie, can you read it again? Just verse 11. Okay, okay verse 11. Yes. And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Wow. So God already knew that more people would be killed for the gospel. And so he had located a time for their justice to come. And so he's like assuring them, wait a little. More of your brothers will come. <laughs> Basically, the picture I saw when I was reading this was like, everyone that comes after being killed, each one of us that will come, well, I don't know if I'm going to die that way, but Let's just assume that, okay, we saw what has been happening in China. We saw what happened in Afghanistan. We see how Christians are being killed for the name of the Lord Jesus. So you can imagine that this one person comes after they are killed, their soul and spirit goes onto the Lord and is underneath the altar. And then there's more of those voices. It's like there's just a growing number of voices crying out to the Lord, give us vengeance, give us justice.
justice. We want justice. So it just increases and the Lord says that there's an allotted time for that justice to come to fruition. So if you have been crying out for justice, I want you to know that God will grant you justice. And we'll see in the case of the saints, it's very similar to the second scripture we're going to read right now. Valerie, are you there? Yeah, I am there. Please. So um, Matthew 13, 24 through 30, New King James Version. Okay. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Notice the kingdom of heaven. Mm, praise God. We just read about the kingdom of heaven in Revelation. And so before John was in the spirit to witness that and write it out for us, Jesus was already telling his disciples and the people who listened to him what happens in the kingdom of heaven. Remember Revelations we just read? They were underneath the altar in heaven because parables are realities of heaven that are told in earthly narratives. So Jesus says that a man has sown good seed in his field. Mm -hmm. Continue, please, Valerie. 25. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Amen. So you are a part of God's kingdom. And while you're on earth, you are not separated from that kingdom because you're on earth. Scripture says that we are sojourners on earth. Because when we accept Jesus, he translates us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into his kingdom. And right now you and I are seated in heavenly places with God. So Jesus Christ is speaking this parable. It's about you and I. We are part of God's kingdom. But while we're on earth, we are busy about our day to day. We're sowing seeds. We're sowing good seeds. We're doing the works of the father. Just like those saints that were doing the works of the Father in Revelations. So while all of this is going on and while men are asleep and while men are consumed with the, the cares of this world, or even while we're asleep, Scripture says that my people suffer for ignorance. And many of us have gone through a lot of challenges because of ignorance, because of not knowing. And so this is what happens while we're asleep. There's stuff in the bloodline that we are unaware of. While we're ignorant, while we're not alert, while we're not aware, the enemy comes and sows stars. Mm. Next verse, please. Um, next verse 26. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. Amen. So while we're going about the work of the Lord and while the seeds we've planted are flourishing, we see the enemy's attacks all around us. We're working for the Lord. We're doing the work of an evangelist. We're living our lives for the Lord. We're choosing holiness. We're reading our scriptures. We're worshiping God. We're choosing godly company. We're here on this Bible study. But why are we having these attacks? Amen. Next verse, please. 27. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? Where do we come from? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You are walking with the Lord in the integrity of your personhood, but yet there's all the stars sold around you. All this attacks, all this 
evil words, all these accusations, all this infirmity that you have to deal with, the sicknesses, these diseases, this spirit of unforgiveness happening around you, this restlessness you feel. What do you do with all of that? Next verse, please. 28. He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? He said, Nay, least while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Can you see the wisdom here? When the saints in Revelations were asking for justice, it seemed premature. It was premature because God had a better plan to get them all together, to get all their accusers, all their enemies all together for a period. For example, and this is why we also go to the courts of heaven. We go there, we repent, and we ask the Lord to heal us. We ask for forgiveness from all the things we have engaged in until our repentance is complete, until our obedience to the Lord is complete. Then the Lord is able to release justice. So the thing is, when justice comes, it takes over. Everyone that is not in alignment with God's heart and God's plan, everyone that chooses the tars, chooses the enemy, the enemy is the one that sows the tars. Judgment will come on all of them. How about I am the one that is a tar to somebody else? How about I'm the one planting and sowing ungodly seeds in somebody else's life? What about I be the one hurting other people? God gives time for us to repent because if he allows the servant to go pluck out the good ones, the trust may come along with it. Mm. And this is why we, we don't just repent when we give our lives to Jesus and that's done and all. We live a continuous life of repentance because mm. if we're asking for justice for what this person did to us, yet we're doing it to somebody else, that justice is going to come on us as well. Because the other person there might be crying to God, justice, justice. And you two are crying, justice, justice. But you haven't repented. You haven't repented yeah. from that wicked way. So when justice is coming, it's going to come on you as well. Amen. Mm. And that's why God set an appointed time that no, you can't stop pulling out the tars now. Because if you are pulling out the ungodly now, some of my children are going to go along with them because... <laughs> Because they are doing the same things. Because they are living the same lifestyle. Because they are causing the same injury to people. Mm. And so his perfect justice says, wait a little. Wait a little. I'm going to give them opportunities. I'm going to send this word of liberty to them. So that they can go before the courts of heaven and repent. So that they can ask me to cleanse them. So that they can ask me to grant them justice for all the the atrocities that the enemy has done against them because there's a cost mm. there is a cost for this mm. cost the son of man came that he will destroy all the works of darkness mm. can you finish up the verse please okay 30 yes um let both grow together until the harvest and in the time of harvest i will say to the reapers gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. The same thing Jesus Christ was saying to his disciples here was the same thing the Lord told the saints in Revelation 6. Just wait a little bit. When it's mm. harvest time, 
That is the fullness of time when it's all complete. Just let them all grow together. Both the righteous and the ungodly. But those who call on the name of the Lord Jesus but live unholy lives or make ungodly choices and hurt you. Don't worry. I know the best way to give you justice. I see your pain. So today, in the name of Jesus, I want to put to you that that same assurance is your portion right now. You can see now the principle of the kingdom. When it feels like you aren't getting justice, you actually are. And so the more you connect with the Lord and you place your face before him and cry out to him and seek his face, the more you begin to understand that he has the best kind of justice lined up for you. You may not see it now, but God's wrath is coming on your accusers. Amen. I am so excited about my book, Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. God is amazing. I can go on and on and think about what the Lord has done so far. But, you know, I just wanted to get on here and thank you so much for all the, <laughs> the support. And thank you for all the feedback I've been getting. Thank you for purchasing this book and buying for loved ones. Some of you bought like seven copies. Some of you bought like five copies. I am so delighted. God wants us to not only stay on the outskirts, and say, hey, come, come here, come here. He wants us in his kingdom realm with him. He wants to show us heaven. When Jesus Christ tore the veil, when he died and he took us into heaven, he seated us in heavenly places with God. So right now we are in that seated position. <laughs> it is just an endless life of growing our spirit man. So I found out that when Adam and God were interacting in the beginning, it was all about a spiritual interaction. So he made you and I to have a spiritual interaction consistently. What stopped that? What took us away from that? This is all and so much more you will encounter in Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. So I want you right now, I want to encourage you, go for it, go grab your copy, please grab your copy, tell me about it, tell me what the Lord is already doing in your life, tell me what the Lord is doing in the life of the loved one you will also buy the copy for. I encourage you to give the gift of the Spirit.